Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to the season finale of Swings and Mishes. I'm your co-host and producer, Jeremy Taché, joined, as always, by the man himself, Craig Mish. Craig, Friday morning, October 7th. How you doing? I'm doing well, Jeremy. Good to have you here. Great to be with you here on this episode. It's been a while, and we're closing out the mm-hmm. season in style, no doubt. Yes, we are for sure. We'll have uh, some more thoughts on on everything we just spoke about, including this podcast at the end of this episode. But for now, we are talking about the Miami Marlins 2022 season. Uh, Craig, we just earlier this morning, we're on the Zoom with, with Kim Ang, and we'll get to some of what she had to say. But want your overall thoughts on uh, the 2022 season as you want to just dive into it. Sure. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, really, when you think about it, it sort of all started with with Derek Jeter exiting the organization at the end of last year. And uh, you know, I mean, that was like a, a pivotal moment, I think, to, you know, sort of begin this, uh, you know, this new, you know, uh, tenure of what's what's happening here with the Marlins and and sort of where things are going. So I think that that was, a, you know, a big moment to start. Obviously, mm-hmm. I, I think that may have ended up being the biggest you know story of the season when you look back on it now and kind of the direction that that things are headed. And we'll, you know, we'll get into that as well. Uh, but then, you know, you go to spring training and. Yeah, there's a lot of optimism like there is everywhere and and I'll look forward to that again next spring you know every, everyone thinks that they're going to be good everyone thinks that they're going to win more games than they should I heard a lot of that in spring training sorry to say and uh, you know I, I mean look I was very skeptical of that at the time and uh, I, I I thought that there was a chance that maybe they could get to you know around 80 wins or somewhere along yeah. those lines obviously I was just way wrong in, in predicting that I didn't think they were a postseason team but I thought that they would improve and then uh, you know naturally over the over the course of the season once every five days it was fun to watch because Sandy was pitching and uh, you know Sandy was fantastic and He's going to win the Cy Young, and, and mm-hmm. you know the beginning. You know, Jazz made the All Star team. Garrett Cooper made the All Star team, and uh, you know some of the other pitching came on, like Pablo Lopez, and at different points, Jesus Lazardo, when he was yeah. healthy, looked really good too. Looks like uh, you know that's going to end up working out well for Miami. Uh, but but in but in general, it was a, a dreadful watch. I mean, the mm-hmm. games. The only thing good about the games was what I said at the beginning of the season, Jeremy, was that they're going to start these games at six forty Eastern, and because of their pitching, the games are going to be over quick. That yeah. was the only good thing about the year. Other than that, it was an unwatchable product. Uh, you know, embarrassing for the most part offensively. How how poor it was. There were no adjustments made uh, really positively for any player offensively. Maybe outside of De La Cruz for a few weeks in September. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but but beyond that. Uh, an unwatchable product and pitching is great and it's fun to see, but fans going to games to, to lose two to one and three to two for 80% of the season. I mean, nobody wants that. So uh, very, very difficult. I would say on, on a lot of different levels going through it this year, uh, unfortunately not, a, not a step forward. I thought at all in 2022, a, a win or two more essentially, but the offense right back where they were, and, um, you know, very, disapp- very, very, very disappointing, I-, I think, overall in the notion that, at least for me, somebody like myself that has put so much time into this yeah. to kind of have this go on again this year. And, and I know the I know there are a lot of people that are very disappointed in the organization, too. But it's like I'm just I'm so you know finished with excuses and things of that nature. So when I hear them, I used to get mad, like and hear like, oh, like this is the problem. I don't even get mad anymore. And maybe that's kind of the problem, Jeremy, is that I'm sort of like over any any excuse 
that that could be posed to me at this point well the i'm not mad i'm disappointed is almost more of a you know a heart you hear that from your parent i'm not mad i'm just disappointed and it's just sort of that's the feeling there right it, it's yeah that's kind it, of it yeah yeah and 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 like you said there there were some positives to this season they existed you know you highlighted a number of them including Sandy Alcantara's incredible season. Hell, I'll throw in watching John Birdie play was fun this year. Yeah, uh, and a lot of bases. So many bases, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. But overall, the mm-hmm. offense made it really difficult. Not the season anybody was hoping for, nor the one that, that was sort of projected out. Um, today, you know, this morning, we heard from Kim Ang, um, wondering your thoughts on her comments today. You know, she touched on a number of different subjects. Yeah, I, I think that we, we've seen enough pre- press conferences and, and had enough media at this point with Kim to kind of understand, you know, what you're more or less going to get at this point. I mean, look, maybe that changes in the future. So, I, I mean, I look at it from a couple of different ways. Th- this is not one really of indifference anymore because I I would add, and, and I, wh- whether or not anyone's going to believe me or not, is that fortunately for me, and, and this is not like a, a best friend conversation with Kim and I, but fortunately I have been able to forge out a little bit of a relationship now with Kim, a little bit, I would say. I think that that's fair. And and the public stuff and the private stuff are are different. I, I, I will just say that. And so I, I don't really get fired up anymore. I, I think Kim does understand what's going on. I do think she, she has, uh, you know, some of the proper vision in order to get this going the right way. But I, but I don't think that's going to make anybody happy with the public comments that are made, because quite frankly, the public comments are just not all of that heartwarming. <laughs> they're just not. They're just not that great. Uh, maybe that changes. Maybe she changes her approach and and how she decides to do media. I don't know, but it, it it's just kind of you know no one wants to hear, it, but it sort of is what it is. But Kim recognizes that I I think she recognizes that significant changes need to be made on a lot of different fronts, and she's just not going to tip her hand. I, I mm-hmm. that's in my opinion. I just don't think that's going to be tipped. So. We'll see what the offseason brings. And there I, I do feel like significant additions are coming to the team in a lot of different ways, both on the field and in the front office. I think that you're going to see that. And and then we're going to have to see if in Kim's final year, she can get it turned around because I think she'd be the first one to tell you that it's a what have you done for me lately business. Hmm. And she has one year left on her contract. And she's going to have to win more games next year as general manager on, on the field as general manager of the Miami mm. Marlins, in my opinion, or else her contract's going to expire. And that could be the end. I, I don't know. But as far as this year is concerned, I, I think that it's it's her team. It's honestly been her team now. I think that we're going a little too far by saying that she's had no control. I mean, she's sure. been the general manager this year. She was general manager last year, too. It's a little bit overstated, in my opinion, to say that she's had no, you know, no control over this stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of people have told me that, too. So, uh, you know, give Kim Yang this year to see what she can do, to see if she can turn it around. And if not, then, hey, we may you know, be right back here again next year. Who knows? Yeah, well, one one of the likely um, first decisions Kim will have to make is on the manager. Craig, I know you threw a few names out there um, earlier yeah. in the week. And, um, you know, again, Kim would not tip, tip her hand, said the process is just starting now. What are your thoughts there on, on the Marlins manager and, and where the Marlins may be headed? Yeah, so so at this point, my understanding is what Kim said is 100% accurate. She, as far as I understand, has not brought in anybody to be interviewed yet. But I do think that's about to change very quickly. And I, I, I do feel like I know some of the potential candidates that, that are going to be interviewed. 
I, I was trying to think back to when Donnie was hired and how I handled it from a reporting perspective. I mean, Jeremy, this is back <laughs> to 2015. This is a wow. long time ago. Yeah. I, I think what I did at the time, I think the I, I think if I'm not mistaken, I knew right away that Don Manningly was the guy. So huh. there really wasn't a lot of of reporting to do because I I think I was just under the assumption from the very beginning. And then what happened was after Mark DeRosa was interviewed. And I had heard, whoa, hold on a minute, it could be DeRosa. I think that was the only reporting that I did just to say that, hey, like mm. he made such a good impression that it may have been him. So this is going to be different because I think it is up in the air. And I think that the interviews may dictate the hire here in this case. Yeah. So I, I think the way that I'll approach this, Jeremy, is that when they get interviewed and I know about it, I think at that point it probably would be appropriate to say it. So... To say that somebody is in the mix right now and they're not getting an interview, I think that puts me in a bad spot. Like, hey, like they like this person, but then he doesn't even get a call. So I'm going to hold off on that for now. Sure. But I will say that if you read my uh, column in the in the Herald, I'm I'm very uh, confident that at least a couple of the people that I listed there are going to get interviews. And then once that happens, uh, I'll stay active on social media at that point and or with the Herald and you know. To tell everybody what's going on. It may be real soon, by the way. It may be like like tomorrow or next week. I, I think this is coming quick. Well, that's that's good to hear, and I, I think Marlins fans are looking forward to to seeing who the new uh, leader of, of the ball players will be. But a couple of guys in the in, in the front office uh, who were let go, who will need to be replaced. Um, Hottie Rod and Jeff DeGroot obviously had their roles within you know player development and scouting. So, um, what are your thoughts there on on those two guys being let go from the organization? Well, well, naturally, player development has been a topic that has been very hotly discussed as far as what is happening with the players at the minor league level and and why, after five years, they are so tilted as far as, uh, you know, as pitching development versus hitting development. And, and it is a question that I think a lot of people have to answer. And also, you know, Khalil Watson. And like, I, I think I think that it's obvious at this point that they have the pitching development people in place and a lot of credit. Well, you know, we should talk about Mel here too, but a lot oh, yeah. of credit, a lot of credit goes to uh, Scott Aldred and Tommy Phelps, those guys down there. No doubt that they have done a phenomenal job getting those guys uh, to the big leagues and looking like either players that can pitch on the Marlins or maybe potentially be trade chips in the future. So they've handled that right. But as far as the hitting development, it's been a zero, and there's really no other argument there. I, I, there's there isn't a single person who can tell me that they've done a good job in hitting development in the minor leagues. Uh, their AAA coach, Phil Plantier in particular, I think is someone to keep an eye on because I think he's done a nice job there and I think does fit the mold of a potential big league hitting coach too. So let's circle his name for the future. But uh, Jeff, uh, you know, was here for five years and, uh, you know, they, they did not develop enough at those levels to get big leaguers up here on the hitting side. And I think that was part of, of the reason there. Uh, and as far as Hottie Rod, I got to know Hottie in his time here for five years, an extremely nice man, uh, director of pro scouting, had five players, uh, five scouts, unfortunately, also under him mm. that were let go as well. I think, unfortunately, what you're seeing, or fortunately, depending on how you look at it, is the common theme is that a lot of the people who were brought in by Gary Denbo are now exiting the Marlins organization. So you can read into that as as you would like. It does seem to me that that is part of this equation as well. Um, 
and and so that you know that's kind of where we're we're at with that but no doubt i wish jeff and i wish hottie both the best in their endeavors my guess is both individuals will have jobs in major league baseball at some point soon would be my guess and as far as um you know the scouts go wish them the best as well hopefully they can latch on to gigs <clears throat> excuse me mel stottlemyre jr kim did not allude very much in that interview uh in in our media session about him that no. was a little surprising to me. Mm-hmm. I was a little su- I have to say I was a little surprised. I asked him about Mel and and really there was not much on the bone there. Uh I I can tell you there was a lot more on the bone there. I I'm not sure why we're not we're not saying that, but uh they really want to keep Mel Stottlemyre. They're making every effort to keep Mel Stottlemyre. I believe if he stays here, he will get a significant pay raise and that's my belief and whether or not he chooses to stay or go is still to be determined. I, I I said a week or two ago that I was optimistic and the Marlins were optimistic. I still feel like that is the case. But Jeremy, there's a huge danger zone when you let this go to this point. Right. And now it is coaching free agency and all these teams are firing people left and right, the Reds, the Royals, and you have Mel Stottlemyre out there. Well, you know, n- now the money's coming into play here, you know, and then that's why I would have liked them to keep him or make sure he was kept before we hit this point. They did not. And now uh, it, it's going to be a Mel decision, I think, inevitably. I hope he stays, Jeremy, but yeah, I, I don't have clarity at this point. Again, another situation in the coming days where we will have clarity. You know, as, as much as I'm looking forward to uh, knowing who the manager ultimately will be, that's that's the hire that I think everybody, at least at the moment, is even more focused on, right? We saw the impact that Mel Stoudemire Jr. had on this pitching staff, the way those guys love him, the way they've developed and I mean, look at all of them at the major league level pitching very well this season. Yeah, maybe maybe it's a bad, maybe it's not a poor, maybe it's not a good example. Maybe it's apples and oranges because I don't know enough about the dynamic of pitching coaches and getting paid and, and all of that. But it certainly does remind me a little bit, at least maybe some people are, will scoff and laugh at me of when Brent Strom was the pitching coach with Houston. Hmm. And again, they had a, a a much more intense level of analytics that were brought into the organization than what the Marlins are using right now in terms of their pitching. I, I believe sure. that to be the case. Uh, but, you know, talent-wise, I think Mel is up there in terms of teaching, like Brent Strom was. And, and Strom, remember, he retired. All of a sudden, pops out of retirement to take a job with the Houston, with the uh, Arizona Diamondbacks. And, I mean, come on, there's money involved. But we don't know, but you know yeah, that they, they threw a bag at Brent Strom. <laughs> For real. And, and Brent Strom's like, oh, maybe I'm not retired. Maybe right. I will I will coach Arizona. And, oh, maybe I'll make Merrill Carroll into a superstar. Yeah. And maybe I'll get Zach Gallen to be a scion. So oh. you see the value of what that person can be. I put mm-hmm. Mel sort of in that uh, kind of category of, of Brent Strom. And so... Are the Marlins going to make uh, Mel the highest paid pitching coach in baseball? I mean, I, I don't know the answer to that, but I certainly would think he's deserving of being in the top third. I mean, right. at, at oh, the yeah. least, I would think that that is the case. And by the way, I think that would be the case if he stays here, hmm. but we will see. I, I don't know the answer to that. They're going to have to make, and I, I don't know that they have or not, but they're going to have to make a very sound uh, financial offer for him to stay. I believe the Marlins will, and then we'll see what Mel ends up doing. We'll look forward to uh, hopefully seeing him back in a Marlins uniform. Um, But now, really, that's just one question of a number as we head into the offseason. Obviously, you have all of those things in flux that we've touched on, Craig. Where do you think we're headed now? Where do you think this offseason is headed for the Miami Marlins as, as they try to improve upon what was obviously a disappointing 2022 going into 2023? 
Yeah, I, I'm still not 100% clear. I, I know that Barry Jackson and I and the Herald did some some things about maybe approach changes, maybe more bat-to-ball skills type players. Uh, in the end, you're still going to need players to hit home runs out of the ballpark, and Jeremy, the other team, doesn't seem to have any issue coming here and doing it. So I, I don't know that that's going to work, but maybe that's something that they're going to try, you know, sort of with these new rule changes and the bases being bigger, less shifts. Maybe there's more stealing, more running. I I, I don't know. They do have the pitching clearly to, to win games, but uh, but in the end, it's still going to be the home run, man. Like, I, I don't I don't know. I don't know that guys are going to come up in a lineup and single and single and single and and or, you know, and double and single and single. I mean, you're still only going to have two runs at the end of that game, I think without hitting the three run home run but uh I, I i think that they'll they'll make some player acquisitions i definitely do feel strongly about that i again just have to give my opinion out here i don't think you're going to see any significant multi-year contracts given out this offseason my opinion only maybe i'll be proven wrong maybe maybe some players of the team will be moved and then they will do another multi-year or you know significant contract i just personally don't see that happening this year I think it's like a, a step back time is coming. But I do think in terms of player acquisitions, um, I, I think that will happen. I think that they will make some trades, maybe get some players that have a contract expiring in a year or two that are in a position, Jeremy, to like sort of prove it in their final year and prove it with the Marlins. Like, I think that's a decent approach hmm. to have. So maybe that's what ends up happening. But I, I don't want to get anybody super excited and say, Hey, they're going to go out and get Trey Turner or Xander Bogarts or Carlos oh, Correa or any of those because <laughs> I just generally do not think they're going to do it. I also fell victim last year to thinking that they were going to make a big trade before the season began for like a Brian Reynolds or someone else, yeah. and, I, and I and I and I put it out there very strongly, and I was wrong. So I'm I'm not going to go back down that road this year, mm. but I do think they will make trades to make the team better. And and the other part of this that I do want to add is that doing a, a a podcast like we're doing, Jeremy and I, right now, mm -hmm. a year ago last year, could we have ever predicted that Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon were going to get $200 million contracts from the Texas Rangers? Crazy, like we, right? Like we literally do not know who that team is this offseason. Could we have predicted the Reds were going to trade their entire team before the season began? <laughs> no. So how can I sit here and tell you what they're going to do without knowing what everybody else is going mm -hmm. to do are the white Sox bringing everybody back what are the twins going to do are the twins building up are they tearing down like i i mean who's available who's not so a, a further discussion to have probably down the line impossible to predict that sort of stuff because if teams are selling off maybe the marlins are in the catbird seat at that point or maybe they're not i just don't know so i know that's not the answer that everybody wants to hear but that that's definitely the dynamic as we stand right now well, it's a lot, a lot of questions that are up in the air for sure. Um, and we know you'll have everyone covered on Twitter and in the Herald. Yes. Um, but Craig, as we wrap up this episode of Swings and Mishes, um, I know you have some stuff you'd like to say about the future of this podcast. Yeah, I, I think that when you look back on it, we, you know, and and I've been, I lived, I've lived in South Florida since 1980. And and I've been, you know, co you know, uh, uh, covering the Marlins in some way since the ninth, since the beginning, since 1993. And, mm -hmm. and I don't foresee that changing significantly. Like, I still think that I'm I'm going to be around and I still think that I'm going to, you know, sort of, you know, cover the team as I have and and still do, you know, work for the Herald and things of that nature. But I, I think that. You know, after after doing this for five years, I've learned a couple of things. The first is 
is that you have become a star, man. Like, <laughs> and that's really amazing. <laughs> like, I, I feel like even if I had like 2% to do with that, you starting this thing with me to see what you have, have done in this industry is just in, incredible. And and every day that we do this podcast and I'm like, I, I, I really cannot pay Jeremy anything to do this. <laughs> it drives me crazy. And, and as we've gone on in time with uh, Danny Alvarez and Oscar, and, and as you probably have noticed with the swing submissions in Espanol, they didn't even do one this year. Mm-hmm. We had a call before the year and I was just like, guys, like no offense, but like no one right now is paying us to do podcasts on the Marlins. This is like a labor of love at this point. Mm-hmm. And, and you have stepped up in every step of the way to continue this going really for me, honestly. And and I and I just have gotten to the point right now, while as much as I enjoy doing this, it's 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 kind of run its course, I feel yeah. like, to a degree. And I, I don't think that Swings and Mishes goes away forever. I think that maybe next season you and I are back here doing this again, maybe. Like I, I think that there's a chance of that, like of, of us doing one now and again. But the the notion that we're just gonna continue to do this every week or every other week or every month. Uh, I, I think that's coming to an end I, I, in a lot of different ways. And some of it is personal for me, too. No question. Mm-hmm. Like I, I all of June, I was traveling around with a travel team with my son and then thinking, oh, we got to do a podcast. We haven't done one. And 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 I mean, not dreading it, but like sort yeah. of going oh, like, oh, we have to do this. We're squeezing it in. Yeah. And, and there's the, and there really the monetary value in it wasn't really all that much. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, so that's that's uh, and I, I know I've been alluding to a lot of this on social media, and and I and look I I have I have to figure out where I'm at with all this too, and I'm and my son is a huge Marlins fan. I'm not going anywhere. You know I live in South. I think I mean I live in <laughs> South Florida, and and I want to continue to follow the Marlins and I want to continue to do what I'm doing, but I I do have to start looking at it from a cost benefit standpoint. And while it doesn't really cost us a lot to do the podcast, it is time. It is. it is my time and it is your time. And and so therefore, it's it's been a joy conveying everything to everyone that I know for the last five years doing it here on this podcast. I'll still in some form do it. Um, maybe it'll be, you know, you, by the way, you have two. You have yours, uh, you know, when you're mic'd up Miami. Yeah. You have Locked on Marlins with Peter Pratt. Uh-huh. Peter does a fantastic job. The fish stripes guys have the most intense daily coverage <laughs> of the Marlins. I, I, I've never felt like there was any competition between all of us. I just felt like it's like yeah. they were great supplements to to what I did. And, and I was great supplements maybe to what they did. Mm-hmm. So th- there's a lot of other resources that you guys will have. And you'll still have me as a resource too. Just not in the same way, I think, moving forward. Um and that's that's uh, kind of where I'm at. But uh, obviously, we've built a huge following, and I appreciate yeah, everybody yeah. listening. And again, this isn't goodbye forever. It's just like goodbye for now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't want to step on any of what you just said, so I will be short. Um, but first of all, thank you, number one, for the compliments just now, but number two, for allowing me to have so much uh, responsibility in such a role from the very beginning right like four and a half years ago when we started this five years ago when we started this i was freshly out of school had only had a job as an associate producer for a few months um down here in miami and loved the marlins right was just a baseball guy who loved that team and loved 
you know, the sport in general and was so grateful to get to join you in doing this and to not only the professional relationship that we've built, but the personal one. I'm, I'm very appreciative for, for the mentorship that you've provided um, and for like all the fun that this has been. You know, like, you know, we, we could talk about how these last number of podcasts, we both sort of had that same, all right, we got to do this. Yeah. But we've done, you know, almost 200 episodes. And for 95% of them, I think we were both jazzed to sit down and and do this with each other. And, and for me, um, I have a lot of really fond memories of doing this. And like you said, this is not the end forever. We will also guarantee to have a uh, Swings and Mishes re- reunion pod on Miami mic'd up for sure you know like all of that's still happening um but just from from the perspective of this being sort of someone's weekly or monthly podcast that's true that is it's the end of an era in that way and I'm appreciative for everything that it's been um and to those fans that we've built through this right like so many of you have gone from here to listening to Miami mic'd up to, to following me on social media and like Craig, you have so much to do with that, giving me sort of a seal of approval in that way. So, so I'm just very thankful to have have been a part of this in the way that that we have. And again, it's not the end of us working together in a professional capacity, but the end of a a moment here. Um, and I'm appreciative for all of it. So, thank you. Yeah. No, no doubt, man. No doubt. And uh, and and you know, again, it's been awesome to see you grow into into what you have been. And uh, and will be in the future. Nice. And again, who know who knows what holds the future for this? I, I know that you know. It, I, it's not. I, I I could go on one of these things like Twitter Blue or Patreon crap and say everybody mm-hmm. give me two bucks, but that's really not what this is about. You know, yeah. it's like it's a bigger it's a bigger picture type uh, thing. And um, you know, I, I do have a very big role at Sports Grid. I want to absolutely yes. focus with what I'm doing there. I have two shows every day there. And and the, the thing that that gets me that I know that I'll be right back in doing something like this again is when the sun comes out in February and March and it's yep. spring training again and I'm running around there with my family and my son and thinking my gosh it's great to have baseball back mm-hmm. you know then then it's time to reevaluate all this this sort yep. of stuff but for the time being it's uh, it's obviously been fantastic to to engage and and have all of you guys download and subscribe and, and listening. And let's just see what happens in the future. Let's just leave it open-ended for now. I think what Jeremy said is right. The frequency of this is going to take a significant change. But beyond that, I'm not going anywhere. Jeremy's not going anywhere. And we will see you down the line in the future. 